Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the L2 Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Lucas Cretelli, and as always, I'm here with Mr. Luca Moya. Buddy, we got two guests. I'll introduce them after you, but how have you been doing, bud? Doing good, man. Doing real good. I had two guests last week, so I decided to do it again. One guy's returning. Actually, two people are returning, so I'm excited yeah. to see uh, how this episode's going to go. I'm pumped. Reoccurring guests we have on today's show. First, we got Matteo Legere. How are you doing today, kid? How's it going, boys? Happy to be here again. And then we got a fan favorite, Mr. Andrew Dinopoulos. Uh, welcome back to the pod, Andrew. How is, uh, how's your day been going? It was good. My email was blowing up again to get me back on the show, so I have to free up some space, but here I am. Here he is. He, he, he does it for the pod, everybody. He does it for the pod. Uh, so where do you guys want to start? You guys want to start Blue Jays? You guys want to start hockey? Well, you're the host, aren't you? I know, but I, I like to leave it up to the ho- to to my my co host here. He likes to be a nice guy oh, and spontaneous. Go Blue Jays. We'll, we'll start with the Blue Jays. Okay, well, second half just started and they got off to a rock and start. They swept Texas uh, in the first game. Second game got rained out, so they did the doubleheader and absolutely obliterated the Texas Rangers. So good start for them, and now they have the Boston Red Sox coming up in a big three game series in Buffalo, and it's going to be. They have a couple games against Boston down the stretch, so those games are going to be really important. Andrew, I'm going to throw it to you because you you were texting me a lot today about you want to talk about these Blue Jays. Is this next 10-game stretch really important for them, whether they go for it uh, this year for the playoffs or uh, or they stay and become sellers or, or not be as aggressive at the trade deadline? Well, I don't think we're going to be sellers. That's for sure. We're... I think management's built the team to win. They think we're competing now, and it, it mm-hmm. appears we're competitive now. Um, and like you said, these next 10 games, I don't think these next 10 games matter, but I think collectively the Jays, they just got to string some wins together. You see all these teams that are leading the divisions. They, they, could win, they could win five, six, eight games in a row, no problem. The Jays haven't been able to really do that this year. They, they kind of win one, lose one. So win two, lose three type of thing. They got to get some ground under them. They got to win – you got to get a win streak going and then they'll they'll be in the playoffs. They'll be in a wild card spot, bare minimum. They pump out one five game win streak. It's not easy. It really isn't that easy. It just comes down to being able to play a full nine innings. And sometimes they do it easily. And sometimes they struggle to play six. Mm-hmm. Mateo, what are you thinking, buddy? Uh, yeah, I think these next 10 games are more are like incredibly important for in the grand scheme of things. Um, but I think it these next 10 games will kind of dictate if they're going to be like aggressive or more like just play it safe, maybe grab an arm or two, or if they go all in. If they start getting on a run now, management's going to see, yeah, maybe this team can compete this year with the Yankees, big boys. But I think these next 10 games are going to be kind of how they handle the deadline, whether it be very aggressive or just kind of play safe and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And Luca? Yeah, I, I think it, it goes back to what Andrew said. It's about playing a full nine innings, right? Like, we've seen this team blow leads after the seventh inning. Like, it's their job to do so. So, if they can just hold some leads on, um, look, we've talked about it um, before. Like, even if they had just won half of those games, like, they're in a wild card spot right now. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, they're two and a half games out. So, they definitely have the talent. They definitely have, I think, the offense. The, the pitching we've seen in the past that it can hold up but we've also seen a lot of times where it's blown leads and 
I don't know about you guys. They were up big on the Texas, but I was just waiting for them to blow it. Like that's just, it's been one of those seasons where no lead is safe with this team. And unfortunately that's not going to get it done if you want to be known as a contending team, but I still think that the Jays can do it. I think they will make the playoffs. Um, whether it's acquiring someone at the deal or not, I don't think they've got to go too aggressive. I think the roster is really good how it is. Maybe pick up a couple arms, get rid of some dead weight if they have to, but let's not blow up the whole team and go all in and trade you know our future just for this run like I know 2015 was great and we did a lot of good things at the deadline but this team is they're pretty much set to compete I would say for the next three years and on so let's not do anything yeah let's not do anything crazy here Uh, let's pick up an arm if we can but if not I think this roster could do just good if they could just figure out the pen and another thing I just want to touch on too before Andrew gets into it um, they're heading back to the Rogers Center uh, July 30th so having playing at your home ballpark finally uh hinge and rio is going to in the first time in three years going to actually pitch in the rogers center uh not in buffalo not in dunedin having your home fans they've really been playing a lot of road games technically when they're versing their division like tonight against boston or against the new york yankees like those are technically home games for the jays but it's just filled with all yankee and boston fans so having their home crowd i think is going to be a huge push for the the stars like Vladdy, Springer, Bobochet to, to play in front of home fans and hopefully give them that adrenaline uh, for that playoff push. Andrew, you were going to say something. Uh, I was just going to say how Luca was comparing this team to the 2015 team. I honestly think this team is built better than that team. So do I. Was built. That, that team was excellent, but it was a home run team. And you don't, it's so hard to win a, a World Series just by hitting home runs. You can't do that. Situational baseball is so much more important than what what it seems like on tv just when you have a runner on second with one out moving that guy over to third or with none out moving that guy over to third getting that ability for a sacrifice fly that 2015 team couldn't do that this team can do that we have a lot of bats who can just put the ball in play and that that's the type of stuff that wins you championships that and pitching i also think we need to get an arm like you were mentioning um i read something about craig kimbrell today I don't know if that's going to happen, but uh, we definitely need some help in the bullpen or at least some of our guys to get healthy. That 2015 team, though, is completely opposite of this team. Like, yeah, the whole run ball, but the the, the rotation was absolutely disgusting. Other than R.E. Dickey. (laughs) Blowing (laughs) blowing that game out uh, in game four, I think it was. It was like 10-0 in the first inning, it seemed like. But that rotation with Estrada, Stroman, and Price. Marco Estrada was a rock. Yeah, he was just unbelievable. Nothing phased that guy, man. And, and he no. didn't even throw that hard. He was like a 87 really, mile an hour yeah. fastball. And he would pitch seven innings. So they had a lot of experience on that 2015 team. I guess we're lacking a little bit of that now. They did have good, the bullpen having Aaron said, Aaron Sanchez having that great year out of the bullpen for them and a closer like Roberto Osuna. But we're moving on. Blue Jays. Andrew, you said they're linked to Craig Kimball. Also, I've been hearing uh, Chris Bryan at third base. We know the big things with, with Kevin Biggio. Like, would you go for a rental, more of a rental player, or do you like the the years of control? Because, like, Chris Bryant's a rental. Craig Kimball's more – I think he has one more year left on his deal. And I think there's a couple other closers that have years left on their deal. Would you rather have a, a rental just for this season if you, you guys say – they're ready to go for it right now. No, I, I definitely wouldn't be giving up any of my future, any pieces of the future for a rental this year. This team, it's a definitely a competitive team, but clearly there's some holes there that 
I don't know if it's really worth giving up a future piece for a one-year or a, a four-month rental at this point, five-month rental, whatever it is. If we're going to go out and get someone, I'd love to get a third baseman. I don't think Kevin Vigio's a MLB third baseman. But to give up a guy like Teoscar Hernandez or Gurriel or even Vigio to get a, a, a Chris Bryant for five months, just it, it's, it's ridiculous. I don't even think... Mm-hmm. I don't think that'll ever happen. If it does, then that'll blow me away. If we could respawn Chris Bryant after that, then I'd be the happiest guy on the planet. But exactly. So Mateo, the likeliness of that isn't high. Mateo, thoughts? Um, yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, I agree with Andrew. I wouldn't go crazy on going for like a rental that would only truly be one year. Um, but certain names that I would, if I were the management of the Blue Jays, would look into, like Richard Rodriguez on the Pirates. Very good arm for the bullpen. They need that with Kirby Yates going down early in the year. I would look into him. If the price is too high, then I'd look elsewhere. But someone like that, if the price isn't too high, I'd uh, I'd see because he's pitching very well this year. I think this year is under 2.7. That would be perfect for, for our bullpen, and that's what uh, the Jays need. And Luca? For me, there's no like unbelievable player that that the Jays I think should consider. Like Verlander got dealt like years ago to the Astros, he resigned, and you know he won a Cy Young, all that. There's no guy on the market right now. Like there's no guy on like the list that the Jays can go out and give away aspects, give away pieces of their future to do that. It just doesn't make sense. I like how the team's constructed right now. And people forget, like, they have Austin Martin and the Miners just chilling there. <laughs> in two mm-hmm. years, he's going to come up, three years maybe, and he's supposed to be a stud also. So they have a lot of pieces. Let's not move in now because we see how good they can be. Let's just wait and see how how they develop and see where their ceiling is, and then you can make a decision from there because these guys are still young. And like you said, like, they haven't really played in the Rogers Center either. Let's see how they can play in a different – uh, atmosphere. Let's see how they can play in Toronto, and we'll go from there. I just don't blow it up right now and get rid of Montoyo, and I think me and Andrew will be happy. Oh, can't wait for that to happen. <laughs> um, as we wrap up this Blue Jays conversation, this this topic is going to come up recurring probably on this podcast and all over the sports like talk radio and all of that. Shohei Otani versus Vladdy Guerrero Jr. at the All Star break. Everybody has kept saying that Shohei Otani is the MVP this season. He's the MVP this season. But for in my personal opinion, I don't see that. Yeah, he pitches, and yeah, he, he hits. He's leading the, the majors in home runs. There's still a lot of games to go. But as of right now, like, Vladdy leads the league in pretty much every, like, major offensive category, and he's doing it at, like, such a high level. He just won the All-Star game, and Shohei Otani pitches as well. But he's not, like blowing everybody out of the water yeah he throws 100 but his era is up in the threes and, and stuff like that he doesn't play on a great team if if the jays can get to the playoffs like are we looking at now that the mvp conversation is because he pitches and because he hits he's the consensus consensus mvp or because vladdy's just absolutely tearing the cover off the ball he should be the mvp luca thoughts it's just i guess it's just because it's something we've never seen before and it ties back to football like with Lamar Jackson in that year where he was running and no QB has ran for that many yards. Um, you know, it goes the same, you know, in hockey, like this year, McDavid, like no one like that, his point per game was ridiculous. Like, yeah, but yeah, McDavid think, doesn't play goalie too. No, but I'm saying like, this is something that we've never seen. Like, we've never seen a guy like say what you want. I mean, th- 
around the threes of an ERA, I, I don't think it's that terrible, honestly. I think it's a decent ERA. I mean, it's not like he's getting lit up every inning. And, and like, he's having a great year. Obviously, I would want Vladdy to win it too, and it sucks because he's going to rob him of the MVP and the triple crown. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's just stab, stabbing every Jays fan in the heart. But, I mean, I could see why he's up there because he pitches and he hits. But if we're going based off of just offense, if just based off hitting, Vladdy's a better hitter, I think. In my personal opinion, it's just, just situational, just, you know, average, he's blowing him out of the water, hits he, he's, he's leading him by hits, RBI, it's just the home runs, and, it, and mm-hmm. he's off by three, and and we'll see now when he goes to the Rogers Center uh, if he can keep up this pace, but this guy is going to rob him, and it's going to go down as probably one of the greatest seasons not to an MVP. Mateo? Yeah, I uh, agree with Luca on a lot of the points there. It's just so tough to compare the two because what he said, we haven't seen anything like this. Like, killing it on both sides of the ball, especially offense, of course. But he's pitching relatively well. He's cranking 450-yard homers consistently. So he's looking great. I would, I'm a bit biased. I want Fly to win myself. But I could see it going both ways with a guy doing what he's doing. It's uh, it's unbelievable to see. And I'm I'm just here for the and, uh I like Otani too, so because I'm a, I like the Angels as well. But I don't know who I'd give it to. I'd have to play it out, wait and see. And if it continues, I wouldn't be upset with either of them getting it because they honestly both deserve it. So I'm here for the race. Andrew, yeah, to what Mr. Taylor said on uh, how he's a little biased to Toronto. I think we all are with all the <laughs> yes. how Vladdy's marketed over here. I mean, every other commercial is is Vladdy hitting the ball or something. You know what I mean? Like he's he's the biggest star in the city right now and that we don't see much of Otani it, I think this is the, one of the toughest MVP races there ever has been because of the fact that Otani pitches too because if Otani wasn't pitching it wouldn't be a question Vladdy's gonna win the MVP it, mm-hmm. it wouldn't even be close but because of his ability to pitch dominantly pretty dominantly and his ability to hit uh, he's one of the best hitters he's hitting one of the best power hitters in the league this year He's at the top yeah. of the league in home runs and at the top of the league in RBIs. Like those are power hitting stats right there. And average but too. Guess who's and average too. But guess who's right there with him for all three? Vladdy. So who yeah. do you give it to? It's really a toss up. Right. The, the thing He's, is, MVP is, is really who's most valuable to your team, right? Yeah. So if if Otani starts doing something crazy and the Angels make the playoffs, I think it's no doubt that Otani is going to win the MVP because he'll be a big factor of why they got there. But if the season just continues going like this and both guys keep doing kind of what they're doing, I think even if mm-hmm. Vladdy slows down a bit, it's still going to go to Vladdy. You, if you're winning a triple crown, then you don't get the MVP. That's what I'm saying. I think, yeah. I think his only chance is if he wins a triple crown at this point. He needs to win mm-hmm. the triple crown. To, to, Unfortunately, like, that's the, I mean, the, the, there's no to win the MVP. He has to win the yeah, triple crown. Yeah, it's undebatable if he wins the triple crown. Like it's, but I think Otani's win above replacement is going to be so high. And we know like the baseball holders love that stat. Like yeah. they love mm-hmm. the, that's, they the that's why Mike Trout's won all these MVPs and people have some issues with that because the Angels don't necessarily have the best record. And you can say it's because of what they've you know, surrounded him with, but Otani's war has to be high. I mean, <laughs> 5.7 this season. That's it? Yeah. His wins that's, above replacements five point well, seven. I think Vladdy's is like four point nine or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's five point seven is still a pretty good war. I want to see yeah. the league leaders. There's no Mike Trout like ten war or yeah, in a season 11, for Mike 12, Trout. 13, yeah, 
But still, like it, it, it's 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 a shame that he's gonna have to win the triple crown just to be put in contention. Like just to be put in contention, it's I know. insane. It's insane. We don't see that every year either. Like the last every one to do it was what Cabrera in twenty thirteen. Yeah, Cabrera. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a crazy race again. Still a lot of baseball to play. Guys can either heat more up or, or slow down. So it, it's going to be exciting to see these two go at it for the MVP. Now we move to hockey. The big uh, story. Expansion here we go, here we draft. Here we go. Me and Andrews, diehard fan base. The Seattle Kraken oh, you have their expansion draft. That's right. Mateo, you're a you Leafs fan. You can, you can join in with us. We know yeah. the pain we've been That's going fair. through with the Leafs. Sometimes hmm. you got to make some changes. You got to go to the – You got there's a new team coming in the league. You can't call Andrew or, or I a bandwagoners jumping on the bandwagon because they have no record ever in the they, league. We're starting fresh. It looks like you, you could use another jersey back there, Mateo. You could add a Kraken jersey. Maybe a Carey Price Kraken jersey. That's what's next. <laughs> Maybe a Carey Price Kraken jersey right there beside yep. Mr. Buster Posey. So let's get right into it. Carey Price, big story. Uh, Saturday night, they left Montreal left him off uh, like the the protected list. Do you see him going to the Seattle Kraken? Luca, I'm starting with you. Is Carey yeah. Price going to be a Seattle Kraken goalie come 2021-2022 NHL season? I honestly... I don't think they should take him. That, that's just okay. my opinion. That's that's a different. You don't think, or they're, I, I, they're I, not I don't, going I, to. I don't think they will. I I just I, it's so tough because of what we just saw, and it's so intriguing. Like this guy literally carried the team to the Stanley Cup final. Like hell, I'd take a Stanley Cup final appearance. But I mean, ten million dollars for a thirty-four-year-old goalie. Still got years left on his contract. I just think it doesn't make sense for them. I don't think they'll take him. And they just signed the goalie from Florida. Um, yeah, I don't think it's right yet, but they're, Trigger, they're, yeah. they're they're closing in on a deal with him. Yeah, did, did so, they sign him? No, they, I think no, they it's, did. It's, it, it, they, I, I all I've had is, is closing in on a deal. Closing well, in they're, on a deal. it's gonna yeah, happen. It's gonna it's, happen. Yeah, so they already got one goalie down. Uh, do they, are they going to really spend $10 million on another one like that? He's 27. That seems to be like the way they want to go with it. I don't think that they'll take him. I think Montreal probably is thinking we could protect Allen and just risk the fact that they're not going to take a $10 million a year goalie who's 34 years old so we could keep both of them. That's mm-hmm. probably Montreal's thought process. And I, I think if you're Seattle, you don't take them. There's man, there's still Freddie left. Like, like they can go with Freddie. I like, you know, like there's still other goalies that you can take that are cheaper and could just be, I'm not going to say just as effective, but can still be a really good option uh, in between the posts. So I don't think Seattle will take Harry price as much as it seems intriguing. And what we just saw in the postseason. I just think it doesn't make sense for a, a young team to take on that cap hit at that age. It just doesn't make sense. Mateo. Tell me, Carey Price is coming to my Kraken. <laughs> I uh, I'm gonna have to agree with Luke here. I don't think that um, Bergevin would have left him unprotected without some sort of inclination that they weren't gonna take him. I don't know if I don't think he just straight up rolled in the dice. That he he's got to know something and talk to their GM and maybe there's a deal in place for like a late round pick. Mm-hmm. I, there's something there because I also was on Instagram and Carey Price Price's wife posted a story saying don't worry, this will all make sense soon or anything like that. So there's all this speculation there. I'm sure she knows something. I mean, she's the guy's mm-hmm. wife. So 
I you don't think that they'll take him, <laughs> yeah. right? I, I don't think that they take him. Um, and I think that he just somewhat rolled the dice. Um, and there's, there's plenty of goalies that are available to them. Yeah. Like there's a situation in Arizona with Kemper and I think it's Hill. And then there's Bishop who's left unprotected. Bishop would be, he came off an injury. I don't think he played last year or maybe. I don't think he did, no. Um, and then they're also going to sign Dreiger from Florida who had a good year. So I think they have their goalie room set and I don't think they take price. I mean, I was a man from Montreal. Maybe that's my bias because I'm a Leafs fan, but um, I don't think they do. That's just my uh, personal take on it. All right, Andrew. Good news, man. I Just tell me Carey Price is our goalie next year. Correct. Chris, buddy, I'm sorry. I, I got to agree with the other boys here. There's there's too many, especially with them already announcing the Drieger situation or however, whatever his name is. Yeah, Drieger. Like, yeah. to spend $13.5 million to go, to have $13.5 million go against your cap hit, it is way too much for a first year team, especially when there's this many other capable goalies. Like, I'm reading the list right here. Ben Bishop's available. Uh, Capo Kakinen, who had a he's how old is that guy? Like twenty four. Yeah, a great the new goalie in Minnesota. That's what I mean. You could sign a guy like that, take a shot at him. You, you got uh, Braden Holpe and v, and Vitek Vanacek all available. Those are all capable options to have a a one A one B type of uh, type of thing going on there. Especially like we all saw how Vegas was their first year. All right, I think everyone kind of has the expectation that Seattle is going to be a very competitive team. And you, you see the type of players that, that are available. Like you got Vladimir Tarasenko. It, it, you don't have any star players, but neither did Vegas, really. I guess you could say mm-hmm. Mark Stone was a star. Mark Stone was a, a great player. To but he wasn't there, drafted but by Vegas. That, oh, yeah, he was signed. You're right, exactly. Th- th- that's what I mean. There, there's no, they're going to be a deep competitive team. There's no doubt about that. But they're going to have – Seattle's going to have to take chances on guys like Kapokakinen, for example, who have the ability to break out and really secure a position in that roster on a daily basis. All right, guys. Oh, here we go. Okay. Andrew, you just brought up the Vegas, the Vegas point. Like, look how they drafted the team and the expectations. What was everybody saying about Mark Andre Fleury? Matt Murray is the new face in Pittsburgh. Mark Andre Fleury is uh, is is, is, mean, is done, right? You got to take so, a and look and look at and look at him now in Vegas. He, he he has like a career resurgence in Vegas. One of their top players on that team. Also, it's a new franchise. Having a name like Carey Price come to your come to your organization, the jersey sales, the the fan exposure, all of that, like that, just builds the fan base for for Seattle. You know what I mean? Having a, a name like Carey Price as your goalie for four more years, I think uh, he's under his deal. Yeah, the big cap hit uh, of ten million, ten point five million, whatever it is. But I could see, I could see Carey Price going just because Ron Francis is going to call the bluff of of uh, Mark Bergevin saying, okay, we're going to put him on. We're going to speculate all these injuries. He may need hip surgery and all that stuff. But I wouldn't be surprised if Ron Francis calls Mark Bergevin and says, we are taking Carey Price in the expansion draft on Wednesday. And that would be a big thing for, because for, a part of me says they're not going to be a Stanley cup contender like Vegas was, but we said that about Vegas and they went to the Stanley Cup final their first year. So it, it's going to be crazy, and I'm, I am looking forward to, to, to Wednesday to see what happens. Next, Andrew, this is for you because, you again, you brought it up to me. 
We've had multiple arguments about this. This guy's spam, like fastest texter I've ever seen in my life. I'm texting one, but like one message. There's 17 of them already sent to me by Andrew, but like not like little one words, like paragraphs. This guy, Zach Hyman versus Gabriel Landeskog. Reports have been, I'm just like, this is what's been reported. He's looking for $6 million. Vancouver's interested in him. Detroit, Edmonton, Calgary, all the the Canadian teams are interested in him. $6 million Hyman is looking for. The Leafs gave him permission to start talking to the other teams, uh, probably because they didn't offer him $6 million, uh, the amount that he wanted to, probably the term that that he, they probably gave him a lot of term, but not the dollar figure that he wanted. Gabriel Landeskog is up uh, for the Colorado Avalanche. They didn't protect him. Still speculation if Seattle is going to take him. Who would you rather have in your lineup? Or first, Zach Hyman, Andrew. What? Tell me. Tell them what you were telling me. You don't think Zach Hyman is getting six six million dollars at all? Not a chance. Uh, unless it's going to be like a one year a one-year deal, two-year deal max. I, I can't see any team paying that guy more than $5 million a year. He's – all numbers on, on the – or uh, all numbers for him show that he's a third-line player. He works his ass off, and he's, he's, he's the biggest grinder on the team. He plays with his heart on the sleeve every single night, and every single team would die for a guy like that. But at the end of the day, he, he's pretty easily replaceable. You, you get another checker for $2 million. I'd rather place another checking guy $2 million than Zach Hyman $6 million, especially with his injury history. That's just way too big of a risk for any team. I think Hyman's smartest idea would be, would be to take a, a long-term deal with the Leafs to have your guaranteed salary for the next seven, eight years of your career, and you could stay comfortable and you win a championship with your team. For this guy, like I guess his mindset is, I'm young, I'm going to make my money now while I can, but I, I really can't. There's very few teams that – I could see offering this guy $6 million or anything close to that. $5 million is probably the, that's the maximum I, I could see this guy getting maybe with the, for the Leafs, I could see like a $4.8 million eight year deal type of thing. If he's going to come back to the Leafs, I can't, I'm, or a one year deal for $4 million, uh, bring me home type of deal like that. But I don't know. I can't see Edmonton wanting to pay this guy $6 million after you just signed Nuge for le- under six. Like it, it just all seems crazy to me. No matter what all these analysts are saying, I really don't see this guy getting six million. Mateo, is Hyman getting six million dollars somewhere? Um, I think six is a bit much for Hyman. Um, you can ask Luke. I I, I love Hyman. I love the way he plays. Die Leafs fan, but I just don't think that for a player like him, I think six is an overpay. I love players like that in my lineup. I'd have nine of them. Like just their their mm-hmm. heart. They're hard and soul guys. They kill penalties. They block shots. But $6 million for a guy who doesn't have the best hands, who's injury prone relatively, is he has some bad knees. I think he's had one or two surgeries on his knees, especially I mean, knee and need by Edler. That was another knee injury. Um, and, yeah, he's he's proven to have, to chip in offensively here and there, but $6 million for a guy consistently put the puck in the net for you or, or create offense, I think it's just too much of an overpay where you can get other guys like Barkley Guru is somewhat similar to Hyman. He's high intensity, he blocks shots, he kills penalties, and he just signed with the Rangers today, I think, for 3.6. Yeah, that, yeah I was so just going to say that. Yeah. You're not going to, he's not, and that's the comparable market. 
yeah, he, he's not worth almost double Goudreau and exactly. way too much. So that's where Especially I Actually, kinda... you look at who he's been playing with. He's played with two of the best players in the NHL for his whole career. He's been, playing a, he's been attached to the hip to Austin Matthews, and he's got to have Marner or Nylander on the other side. Like, he, he's maxed out at, what, 40 points? Yeah, I think his he's career is 41. That's what I mean. He's proven nothing. Like, last year, I guess, if you put it in a full 82-game season, it averages out to a 60-point season or something like that. Yeah, but yeah. prove it to me. He still hasn't proven it. Numbers, you could project whatever you want. Until it happens, I'm not paying you for that. And I don't think any GM is going to pay him for $6 million for 40 points in a year, playing on the first line. Yeah, it's working. What are you working at there, Luca? Because Hyman's got some balls. Asking yeah, the yeah. Leafs who are in cap Thank trouble you. for six million bucks. That's all I gotta yeah. say. I mean, he he he's really got a pair. Like, needs <laughs> <laughs> to be from Toronto. Like, come on. Like, yeah. Like, listen, you're from Toronto. You just got bounced in round one to the team you should have taken out in five, and now you're asking for six million dollars when you guys have just said that you can play with Matthews and Marner, pretty much Matthews his whole career. Mm-hmm. He's asking for six million dollars, and you can say what you want. There are guys in the league that are underpaid that are twenty times better than you, making six million dollars. So, all right, don't Boston go. Fan. No, what do you mean? <laughs> McKinnon's making six, six around six, six and yeah. eight. Like, there's multiple five point eight. Like, come on, McKinnon's getting under six. You yeah. can't ask for six when your team's in cap trouble and you just got bounced. And in order for you to be better. You need to start signing some guys with no money, and you're in there asking for six. There's no way. Max, mm-hmm. I'd give Hyman. Like, this is the absolute max, and I get him. Hyman is one of those guys that the Leafs need, and that, that's probably why he thinks he can he can call their bluff. But a guy like that, after Google decide for 3.6, hell, I wouldn't give him more than four, four and a half. And that, that, that's pushing yeah. That's pushing yeah. it a big time. That's uh, fair so, value. Yeah, and, and so for what you're yeah. getting with Hyman, six million, I got to tell you, he has some guts going in there and asking for that kind of money with the team that has a lot of trouble uh, with their salary cap. So hopefully it works out for him, but I can't see him turning to returning to Toronto with that evaluation. It's just ridiculous. But, but like, look at him. He, you saw Matthews get 11 million. Marner squeezed the Leafs for 10.9. Uh, Nylander held out. 40 plus goals a year. I know, I know, but he's looking at his Marner teammates getting all this money, and he's like, "Hey, maybe I could throw throw my name in the hat for six million dollars." Yeah, sorry, Hyman, You're buddy. I love you. Round draft pick. <laughs> I hope. Forty points. <laughs> like, uh, we're the show's coming to an end there, Dino, as the time limits hopping up on the Zoom call here. So I want to get one last question in here for all you guys. <laughs> Expansion drafts coming up. What big name uh, do you think is going to the Seattle Crack? And I'll just list them off. We have Mark Giordano, we have James Van Riemsdyk, Ryan Johansson, P.K. Subban, Jordan Eberle, uh, Josh Bailey, Jason Zucker, Max Domi. Which, some of these guys, big names, big contracts, who is going to the crack? And Mateo, we're starting with you, buddy. Um, I, I do think Giordano is going to, is going to go, I just read somewhere that the price for them not to take Giordano is a first and a third. for nice. from. So, I don't know, personally, I don't think Calgary's going to give up a first and a third to to protect a 38-year-old, 38-year-old aging defenseman. So I do think Giordano's going to go. Um, another relatively big name, well, he's a big body, is Nikita Zadorov. I think he's going to be there with Giordano, and that's going to be their first pair for this first year for them. And I also think JVR is going to be taken by them because he doesn't have the best contract, but the guy can still score. He had a relatively good season. 
coming off a couple of good seasons and we've seen it in Toronto firsthand and then back to Philly, he can score. So I think that those are three of the names that are going to go. And then, yeah, I'd probably also say that Bishop is going to be one of their, their goalies. Um, and I mean, and price, you already talked about price, maybe <laughs> correct. And uh, price is another big name there, but uh, I do think Giordano is going to go with that uh, off too. So. And Luca, as Dino's mucking that pasta, what do you think, buddy? Uh, I, I think, man, these expansion teams, man, they just like, they're getting some good players and <laughs> yeah. like, it's good for them. Uh, I think Tarasenko is going to be a guy that they're going to take. I, I know he hasn't played much, but I mean, he's electric. Uh, you know, they won the cup. He was a vital part to that team. And we've seen him uh, when he's on his game, he's, he's a very, very good player. So I think if you're a Seattle fan and if you're that French part of that franchise, I think you're ecstatic to have a guy like that. You, you don't come across, uh, guys who could put the puck in the net that easily and he's available. Why not take them and, you know, see where it goes because you're going to have guys up and down your lineup who are going to be very good as well. So Tarasenko, I think is a great fit. Seattle, I think would be dumb enough to pass on him. You know, what do you think, buddy? You're on mute. Dang, sorry about that. Uh, I agree with both you guys for sure. Uh, Zadorov and Giordano, I think are definitely, those are easy choices to get picked. Um, Giordano, I mean, he's obviously declining. He's, he's not nowhere close to what he used to be, but you could, you could still throw him as a top pairing defenseman. He's a veteran presence in there. It's the guy you need. Um, ben Bishop, I also think him, it's going to be between him and Kakinen. I personally take Kakinen just because of his age, but maybe they, they're going to want to get a veteran guy in like Bishop to back up with Drieger. You know, that like these are options that the team has and there are a lot of really good players and again, Tarasenko for sure. I think Tarasenko, he's really the only natural goal scorer that's available from what I've seen. Mm-hmm. I think they're definitely going to put together a good team. But yeah, Tarasenko, Zdorov, and Giordano are definitely the three guys that are locked to me. And sticking with like the young the young guy trend, Yanni Gord yeah, from the Tampa Bay Lightning, like seeing what he did in the playoffs for Tampa Bay, like a third, fourth line center who can – who can really do anything. He could score goals. He can play defense. He can play against the top line. So again, would be a great addition uh, for Ron Francis and the Seattle Kraken. Guys, uh, thank you for coming on uh, today's show. Andrew and Mateo, uh, always like to have you guys on. Great opinions, great takes. And we're going to have you guys on in the future, of course. Uh, You can listen to the L2 Sports Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and Breaker. For Andrew, Mateo, Luca, I'm Lucas. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in, and we'll see you guys next week. Go Kraken.